show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As always, your calls are primary if you make them, but we'll start with something a little bit different tonight. Some scientific proof, in case you didn't already know, women, they're different from men. Not a surprise. In fact, their (laughs) brains are actually different from men, according to Michael McCarthy at The Independent in the UK. Now, I had some feminist teachers in college who um, would... Might contend with this, or at least at the time when I was going through in college, uh, uh-huh. might have contended that there's no difference whatsoever. So, well, uh, <laughs> they might like to believe that, and uh, you know, it's okay for people to be different. That's okay. It doesn't mean that somebody's better than another person or a better human being or anything like that. It just means that men and women are kind of biologically tweaked towards different things. That's all. I Let's, think that's obvious. I think that m- think, yeah. most people have figured this out g- throughout living their lives, but there's still always those people who harp that there's there's no differences. If it wasn't for if we were all raised exactly the same, we'd all like the exact same thing. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, to me, it's it's obvious that that's not true. If you you know the the evidence is that even um, the hippies that have ki- um, kids that uh, raise them essentially the same. Um, you know, the little girls are going to carry around the Barbie doll and the little boys are going to bend it in the middle and turn it into a pistol. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to it, shall we? Here is the story from, again, the independent. Men and women show differences in behavior because their brains are physically distinct organs, according to new research. Male and female brains appear to be constructed from markedly different genetic blueprints. The differences in the circuitry that wires them up and the chemicals that transmit messages inside them are so great as to point to the conclusion that there is not just one kind of human brain, but two, according to recent neurological studies. Men may be from Mars and women may be from Venus, and since the American psychotherapist John Gray wrote his famous book in 1992 on the idea, it's been commonplace to think of men and women as being from different planets in terms of their emotional responses. But until recently... These differences were often explained by the action of adult sex hormones or by social pressures that encouraged males and females to behave in a certain way. Increasingly, however, these assumptions are being challenged, according to a review of recent neurological research appearing in this week's New Scientist magazine. And it's becoming clear that the brains of men and women show numerous anatomical differences. Now, some of these divergences, the review by Hannah Hogue suggests, could explain a number of mysteries, such as why men and women are prone to different mental health problems, why some drugs work well for one sex but have little effect on the other, and why chronic pain tends to affect women more than men. Although it has long been known that there were some male-female differences, it was thought they were confined to the hypothalamus, the brain region involved in regulating food intake, fighting, and the sex drive, among other things. But it's becoming clear that the relative sizes of many of the structures inside female brains are different from those of males. One study by scientists at Harvard Medical School found that parts of the frontal lobe, which houses decision-making and problem-solving functions, were proportionally larger in women, as was the limbic cortex, which regulates emotions. Other studies have found that the hippocampus, involved in short-term memory and spatial navigation, is also proportionately larger in women than men. 
perhaps surprisingly given women's reputation as bad map readers, says the new scientist. Proportionally larger brain areas in men include the parietal cortex, which processes signals from the sensory organs and is involved in space perception, as well as the amygdala. Glada? Amy, I've heard it before. Amygdala? Amygdala. Amygdala. There you go. Which controls emotions and social and sexual behavior. The mere fact that a structure is different in size suggests a different functional organization, says uh, one of the doctors from the Center of Neurobiology of Learning and Memory. One area of research concerns the brain's pain-suppressing mechanisms and points to the fact that they may be organized differently in men and women. And that would explain why women can suffer long-term pain more and why there can be sex differences in response to opium-derived pain-killing drugs. The study notes that women get more relief from the opioid painkiller nalbefine compared to men, whereas in men, morphine is more effective, and nalbefine actually increases the pain intensity. Huh. It's possible these findings could lead to new painkillers being developed that are tailored to be more effective in women, but that's some way off. Probably at least 19 years off because of the FDA. Yeah. Anyway, mental health is another area where real brain differences may offer explanations. Women are diagnosed with depression twice as often as men, and this may be linked to the relative levels of the neurotransmitter serotonin. Boys, on the other hand, are more likely than girls to be diagnosed with autism, Tourette's syndrome, dyslexia, attention deficit disorder, and early-onset schizophrenia. The review reports that Margaret... Margaret McCarthy of the University of Maryland believes that hormone-like substances called prostaglandins, which help masculinize the male brain around the time of birth, may be partly to blame. Drug abuse is a third area where brain differences may explain differences in behavior. Men are almost twice as likely as women to use cocaine, for example, due to, possibly due to social factors. When women take it, they get addicted more quickly and have a more severe habit when they seek treatment. Hmm. One of the reasons why physiological differences between men and female brains have not been widely noted before may be that most of what we know about the brain comes from studies of males, animals, and human volunteers. If even a small proportion of what has been inferred from these studies does not apply to females, it means a huge body of research has been built on shaky foundations. The professor from uh, the McGill University in Montreal, who's demonstrated major differences in pain processing between males and females, puts it more forcefully. He is astonished that so many researchers have failed to include female animals in their studies. He says it's scandalous. Women are the most common pain sufferers, and yet our model for basic pain research is the male rat. Hmm. And so there is the information for you. A little bit of difference between the brain's of men and women. How about that? I, 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 Shocking. I guess I'm not terribly shocked, no. You know, uh, John Stossel, I think it was a few years back, did a report similar to this, um, because these kinds of reports have slowly been filtering out over the years, mm-hmm. and he was lambasted for it. People were sure. very upset when he said that there was a difference in boys and girls. Um, well, was it Galileo that said that the uh, the Earth revolved around the sun? He was. The, people were pretty upset about him, too. I, you know, I think he's given credit for it. Yeah. Well... I'm I'm interested in what this is going to show for uh, some of the testing of drugs. Like you said, they're in animal testing, they rarely are using females. I never knew that. That's interesting. I know that in a lot of tests, when they test drugs, they don't always split up men and women. So I think that that might be something that's helpful. I mean, sometimes they split up the men when they're doing the different control studies to look at different drugs. But right, so it could invalidate a lot of research. Perhaps. Yeah, and no, having this information might be very helpful in new research as well. 
Pretty cool. And, of course, I wonder how other things factor in here. Like, what about, I mean, haven't they found that some gay men have similar um, brain functions as w- some women do? What would happen if you took some, uh, you know, some uh, gay people and added them into this study? Would it turn out that, you know, the more feminine gay men also have similar brain structures to women? Whereas, you know, maybe it, maybe not just a ser- I'm not suggesting that being gay makes you like a woman, but being a more feminine kind of a gay guy versus, like, kind of the more uh, big, strong, tough guy, gay guys. You know, they, they, obviously they're different gay guys right. out there. But, I mean, would you see differences between gay men as well? Similar or, similar or different brain structures there? And what about uh, gay women? I How don't does know. that factor I, in? I don't know where the money is in that study. Yeah, there's, I think there would also be quite the differences in transsexuals as well. People who feel are born one sex, but really mm. feel that they are a different sex and have um, a lot of the characteristics of the other sex, even though they're... They're born the other one. Right, because certainly there are differences between men and women within their own categories, and I wonder what kind of a variety you'll see. I mean, men with uh, structures that are similar to women all the way to men with structures that are radically different uh, to women. That's me guessing. I'm curious. Though. Seems to me it's going to be a bell curve situation. You're yeah. going to find a few on each end. Let's go to your phone calls. Tom in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with the Toby and Mark. Tom? Yeah, and did you hear about that rhinoceros? wanted to be a brain surgeon, so he went to medical school and he got arrested for trespassing. No, yeah, he was is on that a, a hippo campus. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was just reading a hippo campus. Anyway, I'm reading about... Uh, <laughs> hey, tell you what, Tom, we're going to bring you back. Hang on, and uh, more on the way. This is your show. You take control. All right, a little late with that. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And the features, by the way, include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click download and enjoy right there from the front page of the site at freetalklive.com. Of course, you can call in, talk about whatever happens to be on your mind. Again, the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI is 800-259-9231. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue, Tom is on the line in New Hampshire. Tom, you're back on Free Talk Live. Yeah, it's about Hurricane Dolly there, which is in the Gulf of Mexico, about to make landfall any hour now. Oh, I'm glad and, I don't own a house in Florida anymore. What about well, it? Uh, well, it's not bearing down on Florida now. Oh, okay. okay. That's good. And uh, I'm reading from uh, a news on a radio station, WOAI uh, 1200 in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Okay. The fact that the storm is hitting near the U.S.-Mexico border, is raising another issue. The Border Patrol has vowed to check people evacuating from the Rio Grande Valley for documentation when they appear at the checkpoint Mm -hmm. between Brownsville and San Antonio. And although the agency has backed away from that threat, Congressman Ciro Rodriguez 
says evacuees should be ready. Quote, if they're fleeing, they better flee with their passports. Wow. In all honesty, unquote, Rodriguez said. So uh, there's another agency that's going to have the blood of thousands of people on its hands uh, by the end of this week when, Achtung, where are your papers? Your papers are not in order. You cannot get past the checkpoint, and we will take you into our custody at this time. Well, then, uh, you know, of course, you think the uh, traffic jams are bad in Boston. Wait till you see a mass exodus through the checkpoints, and you've got, uh, you know, a, a traffic jam waiting so you're talking about the internal checkpoints. You're not talking about the ones at the border. You're talking about the uh, the citizenship right. checkpoints they set up. Between Brownsville and San Antonio, right. both of which are within the state of Texas, and that's not even interstate commerce there mm -hmm. because Brownsville and San Antonio are both within the state of Texas, so, which by rights isn't even part of the United States anyway. They, the voters of Texas have spoken in 1861, and uh, you know the federal government is illegally occupying Texas and has been since 1865, if you look at it that way. Uh, but yeah, the Border Patrol goons are going to be hassling and interrogating people who are, uh, you know, I mean, the, after Hurricane Wilma, when people were running out of gas in traffic jams coming out of Houston to get yeah. to Dallas, well, that's nothing compared to what the Border My Patrol can whip up. So you're uh, saying so that the Border Patrol has uh, has come out and backed away? There's, they've suggested they aren't going to do this, but a, but a congressman has said they... They, uh, they have in the past. It, see, it doesn't say in the past, but the agency has backed away from, I guess, you know, the same kind of threat or that threat that mm -hmm. they... Well, uh, now you got this hurricane that's barreling through there, and uh, people are going. Uh, of course, if they don't have their uh, passports and papers, or if they're illegal aliens, then they're supposed to just uh, stay behind and take their chances of dying and perishing in uh, the hurricane. Of course, and uh, then what about? Uh, People who uh, brought their papers and uh, the Border Patrol goons just willy-nilly decide they don't happen to like those papers. There's another assault, by the way, I wanted to bring up that's kind of related to this, and that is people applying for passports, and they send in, you know, their birth certificate and everything is in order, mm -hmm. and even their old passport, and hold it. Your birth certificate says that your birth was attended by a midwife. And it was in that zone near the border where we found out that some midwives have lied on birth certificates. So we're not going to accept this as a birth certificate. So you, wow. we're going to question your citizenship. So, I mean, are they going to be doing that at these checkpoints when people present their driver's license and their U.S. birth certificate? And it says, hold it. You were born by a midwife. You've got to go back and get some more documentation before we oh, let geez. you escape from the, the hurricane. We don't know. It's but, bad. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find, yeah, I guess and we will. You know what they would do in Iraq, though? They would send somebody up to the checkpoint, and they would blow them themselves up with the, the goons that are uh, taking care of the checkpoint there, and they would take out a whole bunch of enemy officers that way. They no, and they're lucky running. that's not happening here. They're lucky that Americans are so docile uh, and obedient. Thank you, Tom, for the call tonight. We appreciate it. He loves that word. 800-259-9231. No, definitely a good, good points to bring up because they had talked about that before. They had thrown that idea out there a few months ago that anytime there's going to be some sort of natural disaster evacuation going on uh, down south, and presumably at the northern border as well, but definitely down south, they're going to start checking people's IDs. Now, as he said, apparently they backed away from that. I, I hadn't seen that news, but we don't see it all. And who knows? They'll end up, they probably will end up doing it anyway, cause, just because they can. You know, you know the midwife uh, issue uh, uh, confronts me because uh, my son, Jack, was uh, born you know, in the presence of a midwife mm -hmm. at a uh, birthing center rather than a hospital. And... Uh, 
we're not that far from the border. Yeah, that's where I was. I was born by a midwife. Yeah, uh, your papers. <laughs> born in a little town of about a, a thousand people. So um, everyone's like, how were you born there? There's no hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty disturbing uh, what's going on here. I mean, they to, to suggest that they're going to just shut down these checkpoints because there's you know a, a natural disaster, then they wouldn't be doing their jobs, right? I mean, it's their job to check citizenships of people. And if you don't have the paperwork, then you're not going to be able to leave? Is that the idea? You're going to be forced to turn around and go back to from whence you came? It's all scary. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I wonder how many Americans are totally oblivious to this. How much, What percentage of America has no idea that there are even internal checkpoints in this country in the first place? A, I can't say. Good, I'd say a good percentage of right. Them. If you don't live within 50 miles of the north or, uh, northern or southern borders and haven't actually encountered one of these checkpoints, then odds are real slim you're even aware of their existence. I, if, I'd have to agree. I if mean, we weren't doing this show, I don't know if we would even know about it. I, I agree. I, I don't know. I it just I, these kind of things they just go without being reported. Uh, the major news, news agencies are not in an uproar over this. Oh, they're it's not just, questioning it. It's, no. it's government as usual. Right, yeah. I mean, it's an outrageous story, the idea that people are being stopped internally, as he even pointed out, within the same state. I mean, it's not even, they're not even using the interstate commerce as an excuse at this point. They're stopping people within the same state. Not that it would be okay to stop somebody at the state border, but, uh, I mean, it's out of control. And I would love to hear what you think at 800-259-9231. I actually had a story, but I lost the link. It was about the actual border crossing checkpoints. How they're getting, uh, especially at Tijuana, they're getting even more packed than they've ever been before on the way coming back in. Because the Mexican, when you're going to Mexico, it's not as, not as difficult to get to Mexico. Uh, but coming back in from Mexico to the United States, it is backed up. There are like, it's so bad there are vendors, there are street vendors on the other side hawking their wares <laughs> to people that are They've just got a sitting. captive audience. Right. They're just sitting, waiting, idling as they're trying to get, you know, back across the border. And there's this rule in place that says you have to show your passport or your application for a passport in order to get back into the country or have a birth certificate, some sort of proof of citizenship to now get back into the country. And I believe, according to the story, and I'll see if I can dig it up here. Uh, they're they're saying that things are going to get worse come next June, where passports will be required. They're, then things are going to get even more strict than they currently are today. They're supposedly expanding their capacity, but if you know government, it's going to take them a while to get that one done. More coming a up. Time more, um, you take control. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us, including the wiki, over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive there for free. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki.freetalklive.com. Once again, 800-259-9231 allows you to bring up whatever you want. 
It's the cure for naked. Jumptees.com. Get funny, sexy, clever t-shirts at jumptees.com. Don't go through life naked. Get jumped. Jumptees.com. Fast pants not, or excuse me, pants not included. <laughs> jumptees.com is not responsible for customers wearing pants. 800-259-9231. Again, bring up whatever you want. Uh, we here will continue and maybe jump into the email box. Uh, let's see. This one from uh, Intel, uh, Stephen. He writes in and says, uh, Occasionally I've heard you both briefly reference the existence or non-existence of intellectual property and the protections that you each feel should apply or not apply respectively. If you think it might interest your listeners, would you please explain your differences of opinion and rationales for such concerning this subject? From Stephen. Do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think that uh, from an intellectual property standpoint, it doesn't matter to me whether the government does it or whether some uh, you know, secondary organization does it or, or what, how it's done. But it seems to me wrong for someone to, you know, for, for the newest uh, Ozzy Osbourne CD comes out. I, I don't know. Do they have do they have the man's death rattle um, actually uh, <laughs> for, for a CD right now? Um, if the newest Ozzy Osbourne CD comes out, then uh, some pirating organization goes out and prints up the same CD, uh, word you know, song for song, word for word, with the same uh, cover on it, and then sells it uh, to you know some store or another uh, at a you know half the rate because they didn't have to pay the artist for it. Mm. I think that's wrong. I may agree that uh, that it is wrong, but uh, it's certainly not a crime. Um, what do you mean it's not a crime? Well, in that they haven't stolen anything from anyone. Well, like, a... no one has been uh, no one has been harmed by them doing that. It may be tacky. It may be, you know, again wrong, morally wrong to do something like that to profit from another person's work in that way. But no one has been actually harmed. Is in that it morally process. wrong for the government to print up uh, money um, and therefore devalue the money that I currently possess? Uh, well, yeah, it's morally wrong, sure, but then you haven't been wrong. harmed well, because you've chosen to use their money. You could choose to go ahead and use gold and silver and only gold and silver, and that would be your choice, and then the government's printing of more money would not harm, you know, would not do anything to you whatsoever. have a very difficult time making it through life just using gold and silver. No doubt about it. Um, it's a sucky deal. Yeah, you know, I... I don't know, you know what they ain't going to pay you restitution. Terminology you of crime, um, as far as I'm concerned, somebody doing that, uh, you know, I don't care how it is that they're stopped, but they should be stopped. I think that uh, with the idea of intellectual property, I don't necessarily believe in it. I know that some people do. I think that ideas should be free once the idea is released into the uh, the marketplace. Anything should be able to uh, to happen with them. Yeah, you kind of put it out there yourself. What are what are you really willing to do about it? What I'm curious about Mark's position on this is: what if there's no money being made off it? If there's no money being being made, I really don't see a problem. So, um, see, sharing is something entirely different. If I give you my CD, then I have shared it with you. Mm-hmm. And, no blood, no foul type deal. Yeah, that's really how I feel about it. I mean, you know, you may or may not have gone out and bought the CD. It's hard to say. Um, you know, or maybe you, you know, just would not have bought it. And then, how, how does anybody know whether you've been harmed? I mean, what is it that makes it morally wrong if you are selling a CD? If you're first, if you're giving away someone else's work versus selling someone else's work, what's 
I mean, I guess my question is, what is the difference there? Why is one morally okay in your mind, Mark, and the other one morally wrong? Well, it's clear that you're uh, taking money out of the pocket of the person who who did the work. Um, in that in, case, in which case? In the case that um, someone's selling it. How do you know? Well, now, how is that taking money out of the original artist's pocket? Isn't is isn't it taking as much money out by just giving it away? A consumer. No, it's not because there's no. T- if I give you my CD, either way, money's and, not going to the original artist. If I give you my CD to, uh, you know, copy or listen to or whatever it is mm-hmm. that I do, um, I'm sharing it with you, and you may or may not have purchased it. Whereas if a person um, goes out and buys a pirated CD, they're paying for it. That's money that would have gone to the person that's uh, making the money. That's you know that would have gone to the artist. But you're, you're if we're presum- talking about CDs. Yeah, but you're presuming that. I mean, they're paying for it because it's being offered by a pirate at a fraction of the price of the uh, the other one. It's and a significantly be- stronger presumption. I, I see where you're coming from there, but at the same time, the person who's taking it for free isn't necessarily putting money in that person's pocket either. So it doesn't. It seems very very subtle difference. It doesn't me. seem subtle to me. Okay. There's money being one is there's money being made. The other one is there isn't. On the yeah. other hand, like pirate, uh, like the pirate bay and stuff, all, wherever you're going to get your pirated uh, music, someone's making money off that in ad revenue and stuff. There's mm, uh, mil- millions of they dollars banners. coming into the pockets. That's why this has been on always. I I've always taken that stance of as long as you're not making money, it's fine. But if you're making money, but at some point, someone's always making money. So there's always money going yeah. away. And I don't want to label someone as a criminal for doing something that. <laughs> well, I guess I, I've I've been what? known to do it myself. Even. All right, let's let's put let's play with the limits here on this idea that you can't make money off of somebody else's uh, creation. I was sitting at the uh, one of the uh, Liberty Outreach booths at the Sarasota County Fair a, a couple years back or a few years ago, and the person across uh, in the booth across from me was selling like a fifty-in-one Nintendo game. Okay, and it was a piece of hardware that. In no way was licensed by Nintendo or the 50 game manufacturers or the, the various different companies that might have originally created those games. So essentially what they'd done was they'd taken the ROMs, the internal programming from each Nintendo cartridge, they'd downloaded them, as you, you might have seen with emulators on the internet, for instance, they have these emulators that pretend like they're Nintendos and mm-hmm. you can play all kinds of original games that you just download. This guy had obviously down or this company, whatever the manufacturer, a Chinese manufacturer, had downloaded those ROMs and then uploaded them to a piece of hardware that's sole purpose was to display a menu when you turn it on of 50 games. You choose which one you want to play, Super Mario Brothers or whatever. You know, all the big games All were these there. old games. All these old, old games that, you know, if you wanted to, you could hunt around at the various different video game stores and try to try them to used. And buy them used, but sure. Buying them used, um, it still doesn't, no, no money goes back to the manufacturer. That much is true, uh, but you know this guy is still profiting off of this um, these other companies' work without rewarding them one iota. They a totally unlicensed piece of machinery being sold out in the open. Are you saying that that is also a problem? No, I don't see a problem Why? with that one simply because you can't go and buy it new. They're not releasing that um, new. They're not releasing the Nintendo. They're not. But selling the company the still owns the intellectual property, right? Understood. 
Maybe just saving it for a rainy day. Like, we're going to save it for 10 years, and then when people are almost forgetting about it, we're going to release it. So that man's ruined it all. Like Lucas used to do, George Lucas used to do with the Star Wars films. Every, you know, I don't know, decade or so, he'd release, maybe five years, he'd release a new one of them again. So you could go back to the theaters and watch Star Wars. Well, now hold on a second, because there, I think you're wrong about that, Mark. At least for some of the old games, from what I understand, and I haven't seen it for myself, maybe one of our more video game geek listeners can call and, and clarify this. But from what I understand, with the new Nintendo Wii, they have an online service that actually allows you to download and play original classic NES games on your Nintendo Wii. So you can, from what I understand, pay a very small amount of money and you know buy the original Super Mario Brothers or Castlevania or whatever old Nintendo games they've put on the service. I don't think they put them all up, but some of them are, I believe, available brand new today. Would you still... Are, are you still taking the same position now? You're you're pushing you're pushing me on this one. Um, well, for, for should one that of, man have been arrested by the police for selling those fifty and one? Well, at, this, at the time, that man was not doing it um, because the Wii wasn't out and yeah, you know, okay, that, okay. Uh, all that stuff. <laughs> so, what you're, the question you're asking me is today, if somebody, if the man was doing it, yeah. And I'll tell you, it's, there's no bricks and mortar place you can go, and it really bothers me that you know the the internet, the, the NES is um, you know selling their games on the internet, and that's the only way you can get them. Hmm. Some people aren't internet savvy. I I, I, yeah. I can't buy anything from iTunes. I don't know how. Chime I in tried. here. You gotta add if you want to add to this conversation. The number is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Or change the topic. It is free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like what we're doing on Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. Great way to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country and on more Internet connections, thereby influencing more people to the pro-liberty viewpoint of uh, freedom, liberty. It's a good thing. We talk about it. And if you want to help us talk to more people, go to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. All the details are there and you get free stuff too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All of the details at amp.freetalklive.com. We're being asked about our positions on intellectual property. And Toby, did you want to throw uh, how you feel out there about this? This is, this is something I'm always thinking about. But, but uh, over time, I think I've made my conclusion that you're never going to stop people from infringing on copyright laws. So it's one of those things that you're just going to be if you're doing it, you're going to be chasing people around and never getting much done. I yeah. think where it really comes down to is it's the responsibility of whoever's putting their content out into the world to make it unique in some way that people are going to want to go to them for it. Um, I, th- I really like what Nine Inch Nails and Radiohead have been doing where um, pay what you want for the album and download it. And they've actually it's gotten... It's worked out. Yeah, they've got more money than if people had just paid the regular price in some of the cases. Right, and how? And I like your point about chasing around these people. I mean, if Nine Inch Nails or Radiohead put their album out for free on the Internet, and then, again, some street pirate decided to download it in New York City or Hong Kong or wherever and uh, go out on the street and display his downloaded CD that you can buy for a buck or two bucks or whatever it is uh, the pirated CDs cost... Uh, would it be worth it to go after that guy? I mean, you're going to go after him and try to get, what, 
couple hundred bucks out of him yeah, he for doesn't restitution. Have anything. I mean, <laughs> not only that, but this has done loads for uh, the press for Nine Inch Nails. I mean, and also their fans who mm-hmm. got the thing for free when they're coming through town might be a little bit more likely to actually go see him in concert. They're going to make their revenue that way. I also think that a lot of the stores aren't going to be taking these pirated products. I mean, I think we well, were talking... No, say, okay, sh- sure, I believe Not that. all of them, but let's take the bigger ones. Like, say, Walmart. Um, they have a deal with Coca-Cola. Um, Coca-Cola has a lot of products. Uh, they probably have a deal with Coca-Cola that if we're going to be selling these Coca-Cola products, um, making you guys lots of money, you're not going to be selling the competitive, shoddy Coca-Cola that's ripping off our label from us. So I think that there's a lot I'm of I'm pretty deals. sure they still sa- uh, sell Sam's Cola. Sam's Cola, but they don't sell Coca-Cola that looks exactly like it. Oh, uh, you mean the, the fantasy ripoff? Fantasy ripoff, gotcha. right. Gotcha. I, I mean, I think that there would be stuff like that if uh, Black & Decker had one item that's exactly yeah. the same and someone's ripping it off to make it look just that way. Right. The bigger outlet scores, stores would have deals where they're not going to take the shoddy brands. And the, I and think the, that in most cases you'd find that uh, in, in that particular instance what you're talking about is that the pirates wouldn't be able to uh, you know, deliver the material on time, on the release date, consistently to the quantity that uh, the, the major marketers, you know, major retailers would uh, want it and need it. Now, that's not to say that your idea, and I know that you've proposed this before, Mark, of like a pirate store opening would be impossible. It certainly would be possible. Uh, and who knows how successful they would be. I mean, certainly places like Big Lots, where you can get uh, this kind of cheapy regional product that isn't really popular in the area you are, uh, but you can get it really, really cheap, kind of bulk buy rates. Uh, and the, the store is organized really shoddily, and but it's ugly inside. But what's to say inside. your toaster's not going to catch on fire? <laughs> Well, if it's not UL certified, you're right. Uh, it probably there's a good chance of, of something like that happening. So, but it is you know your point's correct generally, Toby, that the marketplace does have these built-in mechanisms. The sort of above-board marketplace, at least, has these built-in mechanisms to protect the existing companies that are offering the original product because they're the innovators, because they're the ones that, that came out with it. And these uh, retailers, they want to be associated with the innovators, and they want to be associated with the original products. And so there is that sort of market-based incentive based on brand name uh, to go ahead and do those things. I can't say for sure that there wouldn't be such a kind yeah. of a pirate store that would open, but what kind of return policies are you going to get from those it, guys? I, I don't know. I can t- I can agree with you that uh, it's it seems like what you're saying so that um, the pirate stuff would likely end up in, uh, in you know, I want to downplay big lots they they provide a lot of people with some really great stuff at really low prices um but you oh know, i've shopped at big lots before. yeah they're not walmart you know and yeah um, not that walmart's the uh the, the highest end they but walmart seems like classy compared to big lots. they do <laughs> they aren't target <laughs> either um but yeah i i i think that to some extent that the um the company that manufactures uh, you know and, and i i think that the music industry will change markedly i don't think there will be these big companies that market uh, cds in the way they do and i don't mm-hmm. think we'll have crap uh shoved down our throats the way we do currently um in the music industry we you know that won't be considered what's great what's great will be whatever's on the internet in some way but uh, you know I don't. I, I think that those companies that uh, manufacture, say, books, book pu- publishers, will probably still yeah. be around. Um, that the book manufacturers should be able to go in and say, "This isn't our book. This is a pirate. You've done something wrong, and you need to make up for it." 
that's uh, you know I don't know how they should do it. I don't think that um, there should be a policing organization that I'm responsible for paying for going out and finding uh, this stuff that uh, has been t- you know uh, pirated from these manufacturers. I think that that should be their problem, but I do think they should have some recourse. Well, perhaps I don't the marketplace would, would be. figure that out. You know, perhaps, and that's sort of the speculative part of all this. Is it really how, is. How would the marketplace? Presuming there is a demand for protection of intellectual property, and I believe there is. I, I believe uh, there is, too. I don't would, know how it would happen. Right. What sort of innovations would the free marketplace come up with to help protect these guys? And there's different levels of protection at different parts in the the, innovate, the stage of uh, marketing and innovating products. You know, the inventors may want some level of protection for their ideas as much as the end retailers or rather the end uh, distributors may want protection for their, uh, their final products as well. Uh, would there be some sort of reputation? system where if a retailer was found to, uh, you know, a sort of an up-and-up retailer was found to be marketing a, uh, a rip-off product, that they could be somehow uh, punished by these uh, market-based well, agencies for I, that. I don't know that um, the, that would be any good, because there's, you know, there, there's, a, some, there's, a, there's a store here that does this sort of low-end stuff here uh, locally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not big lots. But um, I bought a tire repair kit. Actually, a friend of mine bought the tire repair kit to use on my tire. Yeah. And the thing broke before he was done putting the plug <laughs> in the tire. Um, so... I, I don't, you know, that company there, you know, you've got you've got all kinds of uh, screwy situations. You've got a, you know, a company marketing cheap crap, and I don't think that uh, a reputa- their reputation could go down much. I see where you're coming from on that, but I was talking about the ones that are more of above board and, you know, to where they would not want to be caught doing something like that because it could ding their reputation, thereby... You know, when other companies like Black and Decker or whoever look at them to possibly do business with them, they'll say, well, we don't want to do business with you. Yeah. We're going to go with your competitor because you're dealing with uh, those shifty companies. And when I, as a consumer, want to go and do business, I want to actually support the artist or um, writer or whoever did, made the original work. When I go I- out and buy a CD... I would want. I want to support the artist. I, I if I want to go rip it off, that's just as easy. When I actually do go out and buy a CD, that's a lot more work to rip it onto my iPod and get it that way. So when I am buying a CD, I'm doing it because I want to support the artist, not out of convenience. So I'm going to go to the store that gives money from the CD I bought back to the artist or to the book I ba- got back to the author. Right. I think you for know, the most part, I it's hear a what you're saying, but I just don't believe that the average American is moral or paying enough attention enough. To do just that. So I, therefore, we need uh, men with guns to, to hurt those But they're people. not even doing anything. The men with guns are useless about this. I mean, they pick off a couple people here and there yeah, and that's true. put, put them through, they drag were, them through the court system. They don't even get much money out of it because half of them are broke old well, grandmas. They, 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 they pick off people who are downloading stuff on the Internet, and I'm not suggesting that that would be a problem at all. What I'm suggesting is, is the problem is setting up a store and selling all pirated stuff. And currently we don't have that because the men with guns are around and they, the store knows that they're going to have problems. Now, I, like I said, I don't believe that you and I should be responsible for paying for those men with guns running around. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if somebody's selling something new, pirated, you know, just get. A, but it's their property. I mean, it's their physical property. They took the time and the right. effort to create if it's those a book. It's their paper. Sure it is. Right. They created those ripoffs and they should be able to sell them to willing buyers they're, in the marketplace. They're taking another man's work. 
and selling it as their, you know, for nothing, what essentially. What if they change it a little bit? How much change do you have to put into it before it's another original work? Well, what, Say, about, what about cover bands? I mean, what about uh, people that go and yeah. play at a bar and get paid to play at a bar, paying, you know, playing these other people's If they do a work? really good job, they're completely ripping them off. Just like, <laughs> if you're retyping the novel yourself, does that count? Well, there are some uh, cover bands out there that uh, are so good that uh, th- th- that's what they do. They do, they cover one band in particular. Yeah, uh, you know Elvis impersonators sure. would probably be the, the best example out there. A lot of Beatles ones out there. Yeah, there's, there's all that that stuff, and you know, I don't know what to do with that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. I don't think that these artists are going to take a very big hit by having a few people go shop at some pirate store. I don't think take it would the be men even with guns away, and you're going to take away all the problems. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let the market decide the solutions, whatever those would end up being. Hour two coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And uh, that's, again, freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls. Uh, Of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. We talk to Sam in Texas. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. You're on Free Talk Live. Okay, so I went back to court today for the second pretrial. This is the uh, judge from the documentary, and um, wow, I got there. The Hold on a second. Ca- Let's recap here real quick. <laughs> Sam, you're going to court over speeding tickets, and your intentions have been to just ask some questions about the nature and the cause of the proceedings that you're looking at going into. Uh, from what you understood of the uh, their their own rules, their own rules say that you're supposed to understand those things before you're able to enter a plea. And when you originally went down there to ask those questions, the judge wouldn't even let you get your first question out, and he demanded you enter a plea. And because you kept trying to ask simple questions, he went ahead and just decided to enter a plea for you. Uh, despite the fact that you made it very clear you were not intending to enter a plea at that point, you wanted to ask questions. And then he went ahead and scheduled a trial without your consent uh, also. And then when you showed up for the trial, intending to still ask your same questions, uh, they didn't want to let you in the courtroom because you had a camera with you. They decided, I guess, after the first time that they didn't like that too much. So they wanted to restrict you from, uh, from doing that. And you 
didn't want to go into the court without putting, you know, uh, without your camera. So you sort of reached this impasse where they told you to go away, and they said that the judge said your uh, matter has been rescinded, which made it sound like the entire thing would go away. Uh, he also hit you with a contempt of court fine of fifty dollars. But then they sent you something that said the whole thing had been rescheduled all the way over to the very beginning, where you were back to having another hearing wherein you were supposed to enter your plea. Yes. And there's a jury trial that he already scheduled for the following day tomorrow. And people can go so, and watch uh, video footage of this at is it obscuretruth.com? People can go yeah, to. Yeah, there's a link there. A little annotation will pop up and point you to the latest okay, version. Okay, great. So, so what happened today? Okay, so today I got there at uh, 7:50 or so. The the court wasn't open yet. The bureaucrats were running late. Imagine that. So there were about 30 people standing outside, and I saw this as a great opportunity to educate and enlighten some folks. <laughs> so I explained why I was there, what I was doing, and what had happened in the previous trial, and how I believed the court to be fraudulent and the judge to be corrupt and not following his own laws. Um, then they opened the door. I, that generated some discussion, as you can imagine, with the people in line. So while we're waiting there for about 10 minutes, I'm talking about different issues related to government's authority and demands and how they really take control of your life, and you have very little choice in the process to people. And they're, they're very interested and so forth. We've, I finally get up to the Bayless check-in area there, and he does his mantra, you know, no camera in the courtroom. And um, this time I, I took a different approach to it. Uh, I had the Second Amendment to the Texas Constitution, the right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in any, any manner I deem expedient, mm -hmm. in my hand. And I asked them, now hold on, they, you know, they were ready to just say no cameras and walk away and tell me to go wait in the lobby. And I said, hold on, I need to understand, are you people police officers? And, you know, they kind of wouldn't under answer that. And I'm like, did you swear an oath to uphold the state and federal constitutions and the Bill of Rights? Eventually, they finally did answer that. Um, and they said and they did in the affirmative? Yes, they, they did. Or, or at least there were two bailiffs there this time. Um, the lady, I remember she answered. I'm not sure if the other guy did. So, And, and they had separated. I'm kind of – this is all jumbled together a little bit. But the guy left, and I was talking to the lady, and I'm like, look, can, can you help me here? Do you, do you understand? You might have to go arrest the judge. If he's not following the Bill of Rights – it's your duty to go in there and arrest them. Are you going to help me do that? Yeah, right. <laughs> what did she say to that? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine. I, think I can do that. <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly, Mark, but, I mean, it was just like this um, unimaginable event that sure. these people would actually go in and arrest the person that they see as God and ruler of all. Right. He's in charge of the court. And I, I remember my uh, I had a girlfriend that worked at uh, the courthouse and, you know, just the way they fawn over these judges. It's amazing. It is. Oh, they're and so powerful. <laughs> so uh, the prosecutor came in and he got involved and the discussion got a little bit heated. They closed the door to the courtroom, just like the other gang did in the other court. And um, eventually they got me out into the lot. This time the prosecutor was visibly his hands were shaking as he was talking to me. Wow. Um, so I go back out there, and while I'm waiting, people are coming out. And, you know, they had, they had heard my comment that morning out front, mm -hmm. so they were talking to me. So I just started interviewing them. And one lady, <laughs> um, she went in there. She had been in this minor collision, 
she bought this new car. There was a problem with the brake and some kind of overdrive function that was engaging when it wasn't supposed to. Um, she was at a light. The car in front of her went through the light, then stopped. The car behind her honked, so she went, but then she tried to brake, and the car wouldn't stop, and it ran into the back, and the dealership finally found a faulty wire that was mm. engaging the system. judge didn't want to hear any of that. Told her, you started mocking her, saying, well, maybe we can call in the guy you hit. Or how about the officer's time who you wasted? And, you know, wow. just telling her all these things. This guy is just not at all interested in customer service. <laughs> so sure. she was there to get a complaint form from the uh, the clerk. <laughs> and while she's sitting at the clerk's window, I'm talking to her, you know, from my uh, perspective that I take on, the, on these issues and the courts and so forth, that they're fraudulent and illegitimate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well... They didn't like that very much. And they didn't they, like you uh, talking to her? Yeah. You're, okay. not to, you're not allowed to talk derisively in our lobby about exactly. us. Exactly. Something like that. So then um, I can't remember what happened in between there or how that was abated, but basically then there were two other guys who were there, and I started talking to them. And they were in a park. They, they These guys were real criminals, Mark. You, you probably run into some of them. They were at a park. I don't run anybody, at, anybody in a park. After 10.30. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Crime. We can't have that. <laughs> they were fined $100. The officers asked them for their IDs. They consented. I explained, oh, that's a bad idea. Here's what you say. I don't consent to any searches. And then they ended up searching their car, too. And I explained, look, here's why they were trying to search your car, to find more things to arrest you for. Mm-hmm. And these guys are just like, wow, really? Never heard such that? things before. Hmm. Da, 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 da. Wow. What could they well, possibly be searching us for? Aren't they trying to keep That's us safe? I asked them, and they, they didn't get it. And then once I explained, it became real clear, and they're like, these guys aren't really here to help us. Yeah, well, it's, isn't it so simple to clarify things for people? I mean, it's, it's, there's been a lot, there have been decades upon decades of government indoctrination, but it doesn't take very long to just wipe all that away. I'm so, yeah. well, when I heard that uh, they had basically told you to start over and go away, I'm a little bit surprised that they called you back here because of just how people are starting to see yeah. this. People are, if everyone woke up to this and took the same stance that you're doing, I don't know, it would take a little bit for me to do it. It sounds really scary, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest, got, but they'd be screwed. I've got footage of the police now. One, uh, one police officer telling me he doesn't care about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, all that's just, he doesn't care. I've got others um, today telling me that wow. just walking away when, that, when I'm asking them, are you going to uphold the Bill of Rights? I've got a, another one telling me that um, the city's statutes uh, are allowed to infringe on the inalienable right defined in the Second Amendment. Wow. Now, I don't know what inalienable means to him, but to me that means <laughs> you can't take it away. infringe <laughs> right. at any time is the word, three words before that. So that's pretty clear to me, but they, this is just so complicated, guys. They... They just don't understand it, and it, it's legal, so they, they can't explain it to me. Right. They swore an oath to uphold it, okay, but actually ask them to do it? No. Amazing. Not interested. Yeah, yeah. you're the only person who's ever challenged them on it, probably. So Most likely. It's, it's probably really confusing to so them. Actually, didn't they say something to you about, are you in the Republic of Texas? Like, yeah. So apparently, they've had that something. That was a rookie cop. It gets really interesting from there. All right, hang on, Sam. We'll bring it back. More of Sam's, uh, for lack of a better term, adventures in legal land. Of course, inspired by Mark Stevens, who actually wrote the book 
called Adventures in Legal Land. And, uh, more coming up here. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. You can take control of the airwaves, of course, bring up whatever you want. And you can also see Sam's video at ObscuredTruth.com to get a good idea of, of what uh, started all this. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features, including updates, get signed up, and we keep you in the loop when there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And you can go and visit Toby on his website, freemindstv.com. If you're looking for some more great pro-liberty media content, both uh, radio and television versions, Toby's got it because you do both a television and radio program, Free Minds TV and Free Minds Radio, both available completely free to viewers and listeners at freemindstv.com. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's a weekly kind of a thing, so it's not a whole load of information, and it's certainly something you can add to your podcast uh, grabber, and it won't really be a, a big increase in the amount of time you have to spend. Yeah, you so. can either watch it. There's a video podcast or an audio podcast of it as well. So oh, that's right. So you're still way. doing the audio version of the TV show. Right. Oh, so good deal. Anyway, yeah. but you can also download the video podcast onto your whatever pod. Exactly. So uh, so head over to freemindstv.com and enjoy all that for free. All right, our number here, 800-259-9231. We go back to Sam in Texas, uh, Obscure Truth Network, Sam, from obscuretruth.com, where people can go and see your very first documentary release. It's a 34-minute excellent documentary called The Court of Public Relations, and I have to say it's gotten great uh, acclaim from the people that I've shown it to, and I've shown it to people who aren't really in the liberty movement, uh, so to speak. They're they're not people that aren't even really that familiar with it, and it's gone over pretty well. And I think you did a great job of really communicating what it was that you were trying to get across, and that is that this whole court system is a big sham. Yeah, and that's good because that's really who it's aimed at. I think there's a lot of people out there who really care and just don't understand what's happening in the courts and don't understand really what the answer is and this is really about showing them look you can you can fight in the system but if they're not even going to play by their own rules how much are you really going to accomplish so we left off with the, the me talking to the guys explaining their rights in the lobby mm-hmm. and they came out and did not like that and told me I was to stop. This was now, in the courthouse uh, down in Texas where you This live. is out yeah in the lobby while they're waiting in line for the clerk. Uh, now I've drawn the analogy of you know, Frederick Douglass, he was beaten for teaching Bible studies so the other slaves could learn to read. And while we're not forbidden from reading books, uh, they have made up legalese, which is their own language. And if one of the slaves dares to learn how to read it and starts teaching the other slaves, they call that giving legal advice, and then they punish you. Hmm. So this, it just, it starts to look, I start to see more and more of these connections between the way the slaves were treated and the way government's treating uh, the people that it rules over and the people that allow that. So you were there for a hearing, and you were talking to all these people and getting really a pretty positive response from some of the other victims that were in the court that day. Um, But they, they wanted you to go in and have this hearing, but they wouldn't let you in, right? 
Yeah, so they wouldn't let me in with the camera, and then after they told me to stop talking to the people in the lobby, they had called the police, so four police officers showed up. One guy with, I think he's a sergeant, he had two of the Charlie Brown stripes put together on his sleeve. I think that's uh, corporal, at least it is in the military, I couldn't tell you for sure. Okay, yeah, I don't know what what it means, but... Anyway, so one guy's a rookie. He comes over like his first week. He doesn't even have voicemail. Um, I start talking to him. He's right out of the academy. He gets that he's there to uphold and protect the Constitution. He's actually the only bureaucrat that day that actually took the time to take the Second Amendment that I had printed out in my hand and read through it. Hmm. And he read through it three times. We were talking for about 30, 40 minutes or so. He read through it two or three times, and by the end of that conversation, I could tell a shift had happened, and he started to realize what I was doing. See, at first I wasn't answering their questions, and they're like, I I was talking in my terms of gangs and the Blue Light Gang and all of these things and cages and kidnapping and extortion, which they didn't like. And they asked me if I'm on any medication or if I'm a psychiatrist. What's the answer to that question, Sam? No. <laughs> and no. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, then they uh, they ask for ID. I'm not showing them ID. I'm not answering the majority of their questions because mm-hmm. they're they're not asking questions to help me, even though they say they are. Sure. And I actually pointed that out. One of the questions he asked was a question to determine if I committed a felony. And I'm like, look, you tell me you're here to help me, but you're asking questions with the intent with the intention of determining determining if a criminal act occurred so that you can either demand more money for me or drag me off to one of your cages. Do you see how you are not helping me despite the fact that you're telling me you are? Mm. I bet no, he didn't want to answer that one. He didn't. <laughs> um, I, I, that's what I think I'm going to do with the video is put a question and answer tally for the bureaucrats versus me and see what it totals up to at the end. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty reveal, revealing. All right, um, cool. So we talk for 45 minutes. We cover things like private property, uh, speeding, you know, all of these things. It was a really great discussion. Eventually, they decide that they're going to leave. And then, like, the, the bailiff comes out and says... Didn't they know, kick you out of the court, though? Like, Yeah, this, we were sitting out front. Okay. Uh, on a park, I was on one of the benches out front. The police were standing in front of me talking to me. The bailiff comes out and says, again... Uh, you, you, I'm sure you can guess what. No camera in the mm-hmm. courtroom. And then he said, "You're you're set for a jury trial tomorrow at 8 a.m." I said, "Look." <laughs> Did they try handing you more paperwork? No. Oh, they okay. Didn't even bother once <laughs> today. Because <laughs> for those of you who have not heard this before, the uh, past experiences you've had going into these courtrooms where you've had your video camera, they've tried to hand you this paperwork and get you to sign off on you know your this trial they're trying to schedule for you, and you just won't even accept it from them, and it's like they don't know what to do about it. But at this point, I guess they've learned that you're not going to take their paperwork from from yes, them. So I they, think they've learned their lesson on that one they've and stopped. just realize it's kind of pointless. Um, so he comes out to tell me, basically, there's a jury trial set for 8 a.m. in the morning and just turns to leave. And I'm like, look, the judge said he rescinded the matter. So have I entered a plea or not? Because I need to understand if you guys are – if he's still holding on to the plea that he entered on my behalf or if that was erased as he said it was. And why are we having a pretrial here when I haven't even gone in and pled, but you've already telling me – sorry, you're already telling me – that there's a jury trial scheduled for 8 a.m. in the morning. Mm. How can you have a jury trial when I haven't pleaded and the previous one was wiped out? 
Sir, you'll, you're, that's all. I'm not going to discuss it any right. further. Yeah. <laughs> so then the, the police start to leave, and their, their uh, supervisor is there. And um, I go to walk back in the court, and they, stay, they say, you know, they made it pretty clear they were going to arrest me if I were to open the door and go in the court. So, so you could not even went, go in back. You could not go into the public area of the court where you had previously correct. been with your camera. At it this went point. from not being allowed in the courtroom to then not being allowed in the prosecutor's room with the camera to then not being allowed in the bailiff's area with the camera wow. to now not even being allowed in the building. They are scared of you and your camera. But you went in anyway, and we'll finish the story here in moments. Uh, more with Sam, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. It's amazing, isn't it? It is Mark? amazing. Uh, all right, we're going to continue this and take your calls about anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free on the site, including live streams, broadband version, and a dial-up version of the show. Both free for you, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. And travel less, meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to webex.com and enter uh, the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X dot com. Promo code is 600 and that'll allow you to start your free trial of WebEx today. And also get yourself a free webcam while you're at it. Get all the details at webex.com. 800-259-9231. Back to Sam from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuretruth.com, the website you can go to uh, go to in order to view his brand new documentary, uh, part one, I guess, in a, a series of uh, forthcoming documentaries, because you've got a lot of footage to, to comb through at this point. Yeah, uh, I just went through the rough cut, and I have an hour and 20 minutes of interesting footage just from today. Wow. That's place over three hours. It's going to be tough to decide what to keep and what to let go, I'm sure. But people can go and see your first 30-plus minute uh, documentary called The Court of Public Relations, all at ObscuredTruth.com, to get a real good idea for what exactly has been going on. And that was the very beginning of your saga with the courts down in Texas. It continued today where you went to go to a hearing, which had been rescheduled from earlier because you um, they wouldn't answer your questions. And for whatever reason, they decided to not throw you in a jail cell uh, because of it and instead reschedule you but they wouldn't let you into the courtroom because they don't like you bringing a video camera in there and you won't go into the courtroom without your camera they then had a called out a bunch of cops on you because you were talking to some of the other citizens that were uh, milling about in the court that particular day and they apparently didn't like that very much they then told you that you could not even enter the court uh, the the actual court building. You are outside at that point, and they told you you could not go in there with the camera. Where have you been before? Uh, and it was at that point that uh, what did you do then? Yeah, I left one thing out. Um, back when I was talking with the prosecutor, um, he started making the point that look, you filed, sir, you filed motions with the court to request to bring a camera in. 
you can't bring the camera in to hear about those requests until the judge rules. And I kept trying to explain the Second Amendment, but, you know, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did say, he left the impression that if I were to go in without my camera, I would at least get a ruling on the um, the pretrial motions that I filed that the judge has just flat out ignored up to this point. But they've been using that as another incentive to, hey, come participate, come join our system again, just like they did with the recording uh, at the end of the documentary. Um, and by the way, that was interrupted. The lady who was filing the complaint against the judge in the middle of our conversation comes up and says, sir, I'll be right outside if you want to finish our interview. <laughs> Excellent. And I said, uh, yeah, give me about five minutes. And then I turned back to them and I said, wow, this is really backfiring, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just kind of looked at me. They didn't know what to do. Um, if they were okay. smart, they'd cancel your damn trial and tell you to go away. But they haven't yeah. figured that Move out yet. Move to New Hampshire. Leave Texas alone. <laughs> I went and put my camera in the car, waited for the police to at least look like they had left so that they weren't going to, you know, tie my license plate and all that. I had you on the phone recording me, and so I decided, all right, I'm going to chance it and go back in with these people. Um, and Minus your camera. Minus my camera. But you did have, it, you did have an audio recorder with you? Yeah, that, that was still in my bag. I had to, hadn't even thought about it. And, of course, I had you on the phone. So I, I'm like, all right, I'll give this guy a chance and see if he's going to do the right thing. Maybe he's seen enough that he knows I, I'm not just going to lay down and, and submit to, uh, to his rule. Mm-hmm. So I go in, and he's like, all right, what are your – I sit at the table. He tells me to come up. Is this the judge? Uh, the judge. Yes, the judge. So I, sit, I said, no, I'm going to sit right here. He then orders the bailiff to drag me up to the bench. Literally drag you? Like, how literal is this dragging? Um, he started, like, I felt his hand on my arm, and that's when I stood up and walked up there. Okay. The judge said, sir, get him up here, please. And um, so then he wants me to stand right in the front again, and he says it's because the microphone, so the record can pick it up. And I said, what about the microphone on that table? Isn't that the one that's supposed to pick me up? Uh, he didn't care. He's like, what are your questions? I got two questions in. Am I entitled to a fair trial? He said, yes. Am I entitled to a fair trial free of conflicts of interest? Yes. Um, oh, there you go. It's over. <laughs> There's definitely asked, a conflict of interest. Then I asked, can I, um, who, on whose behalf, or, or who, uh, oh, sorry, I asked, who are you representing today? I'm not representing anybody, sir. Okay, on whose behalf are you appearing today? Sir, are, are you educated? You own a car. Did you get a lawyer? Did you get a lawyer or not? So I explained the conflict of interest with a state lawyer. Mm-hmm. In that, judge. in that, there uh, the state lawyers have sworn an oath to the state, or the, every every lawyer uh, has sworn an oath to the state. Yeah, you have to be part of the system, and then they hold your career over your head, so that if you violate any of the rules, they take you off the gravy train of getting you know two hundred dollars an hour mm-hmm. uh, from your clients. Right, it's just a union. Part of the bar. It's, it's a union trick. Um, you can't you can't participate in the legal system at all unless you are a, a, a legal union member, known as the bar association. You call it union, Mark. I'm starting to see it as a way to subjugate people into believing in government and and following their uh, diktats. I I really am through this process. I I understand where you're coming from. So he tells me if after that, if I interrupt him one more time, he's going to find me in contempt again. (laughs) Still haven't seen anything on the last charge. Hmm. And uh, uh, he would hold me there until I paid, which means I would be taken to jail. 
So then I asked that third question, on whose behalf are you appearing today? And that's, I believe, when I was ordered out of the courtroom. <laughs> and that was it. Um, wow. I, well, actually, I got in the car and left, but then I remembered, oh, there's something I wanted to give this man. So I went back and uh, dropped off a copy of the uh, documentary with the manager, <laughs> and he's going to give it to the judge, and he might be home watching it right now. Who knows? In your I'm tr- sure he is. Uh, he knows he's uh, starring in it, so I'm sure he's uh, watching it. <laughs> the trial they scheduled for you is tomorrow morning, right? Yeah. No, I'm writing I'm back and forth with uh, Mark Stevens trying to figure out if there's a way we can stop it uh, just because this guy is out of control. I mean, this is unbelievable. He's violating every judicial canon of ethics and the rules of procedure, and it's, it's, he's, he's, he's a madman. He, he doesn't yeah. care. Nope. No, of course not. I mean, he's got so, power, and he likes it, and uh, he wants to aggregate as much of it to himself as he possibly can and flex his the, political muscles. The problem muscles. is if I, don't sh- if I show up tomorrow with the camera – they're just going to – they've told me this in advance. They're going to say that I was not there, mm-hmm. and then that's a failure to appear, and that gives them more options like taking back their government uh, driver's license and all these others. I don't mm. know what else. Additional penalties, I'm sure, or something. So mm. I'm kind of in a dilemma. I don't know what to do. Yeah, why? Well, I don't know either. Hey, guys, any ideas for Sam here? What should he do? Not at all. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, losing your driver's license sounds like a bad, bad thing to me. Especially uh, when you have a company car. Yeah. Did you get any response from the news agencies in town? Did you uh, reach out to them on this one yet? Nothing. One of them said, oh, I forwarded this to the right department. But, I mean, this That's was it. all five of the major news channels in the uh, in the Dallas area. And there were links to the documentary as well as the raw footage that you've seen where mm-hmm. the cops are saying they don't care about the Constitution. And apparently that's not really newsworthy. Hmm. Hmm. Well, if you do go, can you show the video footage you have us here, evidence? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's just going to. The judge himself, Toby, will probably roll a TV out for me and let me just play that right for the jury. I'm sure that's going to happen. It's a fair process, isn't it? Right? I don't know. One thing I do know is when you're all done with this, you're going to be about as expert as it gets. And I don't know, yeah. I'd like some, you should offer some classes or something, get more people well, to do this. What I'm going to do is take, I, what I think I'm going to do is take these little clips. There's lots of little nuggets of just gold in what I've shot. And I'm going to show how these people just don't care. These are just words on paper to them. They're not interested in upholding their oath. It's not really the way it's made up to be. And. They have jurisdiction over my life, whether you or I like it or not. What do you think? Uh, we'll come back with more, with more if you don't mind. I have a question. Okay, what do you fine. What do you think the worst possible situation tomorrow could be? Think about that, and uh, we'll get back to that here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Sam, unsure as to what uh, steps to take next tomorrow, the trial at eight in the morning. If you've got any ideas, dial in here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the program, you like what we're doing here on Free Talk Live, then learn how to promote us. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. There are a variety of options from uh, actual printable flyers to web banners to uh, voting. 
You can go to vote for the show at vote.freetalklive.com right now. If you've yet to do it in the month of July, we really could use your assistance. We're currently number one at the Podcast Alley uh, Top 10, from what I understand. But that doesn't mean we're going to stay number one. We have to shore up our vote count. We really have to uh, to put some lead uh, in between us and the number two show to make sure that we finish the month at number one. And so if you have yet to vote this month, please go and do it at vote.freetalklive.com. We cannot just rest at this point. We must continue to push forward. And uh, for that, we need your vote. And it's simple, and it'll take you less than a minute, and all you need is an email address. Go now to vote.freetalklive.com or go later. But the point is, go. We go back. To Sam in Texas. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. Go to ObscureTruth.com to see his excellent documentary, The Court of Public Relations. As we continue to uh, discuss what's going on in your life, Sam, you've been going in and out of the courtrooms down in Texas just trying to get some simple questions answered about the nature and the cause of the uh, proceedings they're trying to uh, run against you. And they don't want to answer your questions. They don't like the fact that you're bringing cameras in. They've, in fact, at this point, banned you from the courthouse uh, with your camera. And tomorrow morning, you're scheduled for a trial, which they have tried to schedule you for in the past, and they rescheduled now. They, It's just been a, a crazy, a really amazing learning experience about how just how corrupt and how debased these this so-called justice system actually is, and you've been experiencing it firsthand, and you've been bringing your uh, your experiences here on the air with us, and it's been an amazing uh, situation so far. But tomorrow, it sounds like you're going to be coming up against a, a new kind of experience where the court is getting tired of having you show up with your camera, and they want to have a trial tomorrow, and they're not going to let you into your own trial if you have the camera, but yet you want to bring the camera because it's, as you've said, the only thing that will protect you from their violence or at least the only thing you've found out so far that, that, that does protect you. And you're, you're kind of in a, a pickle. You're not really sure how to approach things tomorrow morning. And I'm wondering, what do you think the worst-case scenario is? They take away your driver's license if, uh, if you are a no-show at the trial, as they will mark well, you if you show up with a camera? It's not my driver's license, for one, and it's the state's driver's license that they issued to me. Um, I tried to find that out. I asked the prosecutor, what's the penalty? And he didn't know. I'm like, well, <laughs> he hadn't looked at my file still. After I asked in pretrial the first time around, he still hasn't even looked. Yeah, that was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Now, then uh, I'm like, well, what's the nature of the penalty? He said, a fine. I said, okay, what happens if I don't pay the fine because I'm not going to? And he had no idea. And wow. he didn't tell me. Nobody would answer. And I'm like, you don't see a problem with, the, with not even having a clue as to what violence backs up your penalty, sir? You don't see any problem with that? And nope. So They don't I, want to see the violence. I mean, I posted a phone call over at freekeen.com from over the weekend where I cornered a couple of bureau, a, a couple of politicos on the radio about their uh, about the violence of the system and they they wanted to pretend like if you don't pay property tax that nothing happens. They wanted to pretend like people were not having their houses stolen from them. And I it's heard nonsense. That. I love I love those calls on Free King. They're excellent. They, they don't, just keep getting better and better. You, you, they don't want to even think about what, what, what might happen in those cases. It, it, they, don't, they haven't made the connection in their own mind, and they've told themselves, I, I can see the wheels turning and the gears kind of clicking as I'm presenting things in actual terms to them. They, they're, they've never connected the dots, Ian. It's not that they don't want to. It's they don't actually believe it themselves. Hmm. So what's the worst? I don't know. This is a new charge. I don't know what the penalties are. I'm guessing it could be something as drastic as 30 days in jail, if not more. 
and um, take away their take their state driver's license back. I'm not sure. So I, I, I'm debating. Do I go in, um, point out the the company's the state's logo hanging over the judge's head, which is the company attacking me, and then pull out one of my OTN signs and ask the bailiff to hang it to the left of his <laughs> logo. Um, I've also thought about well, the judge. You did in. get the you did get the judge to answer two questions today, and he answered yeah. them in the affirmative. He said, uh, "Are you entitled?" Your questions were, "Are you entitled to a fair trial?" He said, "Yes." Am I entitled to a fair trial without a conflict of interest or something to that effect? Free, free of conflicts of interest. Free of conflicts of interest. And he said yes to that. And so could you possibly impeach the entire proceedings based on his, his answers? Um, based on what I've seen so far, it doesn't matter. What you if, say. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't care. But he at that point, you will it. be in front of a jury, right? I mean, the- theoretically, you'll be in front of a jury. Of course, you're yeah. also going to be working against some other factors here. You're going to be working against the factor that the courts want to uh, to stack a jury with as much uh, as many numbskulls as they possibly can, as many sort of nationalist, state-worshipping uh, people as they the possibly s- can. The smart ones get out of it. Right. And yeah. so, so they're going to see this as, you know, they're going to see you as some slimy guy trying to get out of a speeding ticket, which they would, of course, dutifully pay because... Because they're law-abiding citizens. And, is bad. and in, in Texas, they can actually increase beyond the original fine. So they can up the penalties as well if you ask for a jury trial. So it's another way that they punish the subjects who dare to question the authority of the state. So it's going to be a tough uh, sell to the jury, but at least you'll have a jury there instead of trying to get the, uh, the judge to do what you want him to do. At least yeah. then you do have that chance of maybe hanging a jury, in which case uh, you, you could bring up jury nullification of the judge. Judge isn't going to like that. He'll probably hit you with another contempt of court. But he's you know, warned me that he's planning to do that if I do anything unusual. Um, I'm also thinking about bringing in some black uh, gaffer's tape, which is like a masking tape kind of thing to put over my mouth if he tells me to shut up or not <laughs> interrupt again or whatever. Now he warned you that if you do anything unusual, you're going to get contempt of court charge. Yes. So that's just the kind of guy you're dealing with. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this guy's. Anything out of the usual, if you don't, oh, God. Because, you know, it's their system, and they have their procedures, Toby, and the procedures must be followed. The law is the law, remember? You are a brave man, Sam. What about requesting a different judge? Say this one's been hostile towards me. I need, I need... Not in Texas. I'm, look, I need to see what Mark Emery's written back with, but um, may I think there's some kind of an appeal process where they can halt the, the proceedings, but trying to do that in... <laughs> the first hour where the municipal court is not the place I would need to go to. I think it would be another court. I don't even know if it's possible. Hmm. Well, I would so. say that maybe tomorrow your uh, presentation should be, I mean, you could start, certainly start with the usual questions for the judge before the trial begins or whatever and say, you know, hey, I didn't enter a plea. How can you do this? Or whatever you were planning on doing there. But also certainly keep the jury in mind and perhaps tailor something uh, for them to uh, to hear something that's yeah, going to like maybe... If if Get we the gears do jury selection, I want to ask them, uh, do you believe the government can solve problems? Questions like that that they may not be able to object to. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's going to be different tomorrow morning for sure, and I'm hoping you can have somebody come with you this time, Sam. I, I don't know if you can do that. but Yeah, I'll call somebody to, to get them there. This is pretty important. I think it's coming down to um, jail time. So, Are they going to ser- Do they search you before you go in the court? Would they know that if you brought no. an audio recorder in? Uh, they haven't. I wouldn't put it past them tomorrow to uh, take such measures, but I'm not going to consent to any searches, that's for sure. Mm. 
and there's no metal detector or anything like that. All right. Well, I I hope all goes smoothly for you and mm. smoothly as it can. And, Good luck. Uh, and that you'll be out and able to call the program tomorrow and let us know how things go, Sam, because it's been an amazing saga so far. Certainly has. And I want to thank you for the call tonight and thank you for everything you're doing for Liberty. Because I have to say that I don't know if it feels like anything is happening yet, but I know there are people out there watching your video, uh, the Court of Public Relations, which you can see at ObscureTruth.com. They're watching that and they're getting excited about what you're doing. And it's one of those things that uh, I've talked about how the sort of outside the system or market-based civil disobedience activism that Lauren Canario and Russell Canning, two early Free State Project movers, had done got me excited to come to New Hampshire sooner. I think your video is going to do the same thing for a lot of other people that are going to say, wow, this, you know, this Free State Project, these activists moving to New Hampshire for liberty, there's really something happening here. These people are really making a difference. And of course, you're actually not here in New Hampshire yet, but I think some people are aware of the fact that you are a Free State Project member. So but if you were here, you'd have tons of people at the court with you uh, oh, supporting so you. Awesome. We would have, we would, I'm sure someone would be able to sneak a camera in or something. That's the biggest lesson I'm taking away from this is really there's there's people that just don't care about liberty. They don't care about these ideas here, and yep. this is really not the place for me. The place for me is to be surrounded by other people who care about these ideas, who want to make a change, and who are willing to make sacrifices to stand up for liberty, even if it means coming to court for one freaking hour. It's so pathetic. Yep, and that's what you'll—that's what you're going to have here, and hopefully they won't put you in a cage tomorrow, and you can come here sooner rather than later. Sam, good luck tomorrow, okay, dude? Thank you. Thanks, dude. I hope all goes well. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves. If you're thinking about getting active where you are, make sure you've got people to back you up. Otherwise, get your butt to New Hampshire. Join the Free State Project where you will have people on your side. More coming up. You can take control. Hour 3 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go to Paula. Oh, no, Paula's gone. Let's try Jeff in Maryland. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to kind of throw out a little nationwide <laughs> red alert to all the activists and protesters. Wait a minute, before you go on, Jeff, you get around, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I just, you know, I think this is important because I think this really is especially important to maybe the one that organized uh, demonstrations and protests, uh, you know, but I think it applies to everyone. Um, I'd just like to take a couple of minutes and talk about uh, what Bush and Cheney and, the, you know, the rest of the cowards uh, in our executive branch and intelligence agencies are doing a uh, preying upon 
you know, innocent people. I'd like to are, point out something. They're not in my executive branch. I don't have an executive branch. Well, you, you, I mean... It, it's their executive branch. Well, speaking, I mean, in terms of the executive branch of, of our government, Bush, Cheney, and the rest of the cowards and the intelligence agencies, but... What they're doing, guys, is, is uh, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, these people are dangerous. Uh, they're attacking people. Well, they're politicians. Of course well, they're I dangerous. Mean, just, well, Elected me, politicians. Well, let me explain one of their, one of their uh, dangerous programs that they're doing. They're targeting innocent people that are doing nothing more than organizing politically. And uh, what they're doing is they have this uh, little uh, thing that looks like a pencil lead. And it's... it's um, you know, it's used in oil-producing countries like, you know, Iraq and Texas and other things. Now, what they're doing is they may go to the, to the water department and get a water uniform. These are federal agents. They go to your house. They put this little, uh, this little device into your water line. It looks like a little pencil lead. They use their lead line gloves. And they go in and they put this in your water line. Now, uh, it's, it's like a uranium P-35 or something like that. But, but what, basically what it, what it does is... It's like that, and then they go back and and you know then they you know they use a little wire copper screen and then they put it in your inside your water line. But you know some people do drink the water out of their faucet, and it even though they have filters and other things like that, and it's the same thing um, as inducing a a radioactive substance. Now the legitimate purpose for this device that they use, what it's supposed to be used for, is again it's oil producing countries, Texas, Iraq, and other places, is they put this device in the ground, they use some dynamite, blow it up, and then they, they figure out uh, which way the fissures in the ground uh, are running. That way they can decide whether they need to drill for oil. But what our psychopath, coward federal agents are using it for is they're taking this little device and they're going and putting it in, in, in the uh, water For the purpose line. of poison? They're trying to poison people? They're, they're using this device to po- that causes cancerous, radioactive substance. And eventually, your dog's hair starts falling out. Your goldfish dies. What evidence do you have? I mean, this is one of the most, I would say, uh, radical, paranoid things you've ever called about. What well, evidence no, do you have is, for this? This is confirmed by a former government agent whistleblower named John Gary Peeler from Little Rock, Arkansas. He's this, he told me uh, personally. I met John several times. He gave me a lot of information about things that the government was doing, and he, I mean, he gave me a tremendous amount of information, and this is one of the things that he told me that, was, that they were doing, and of course he became whistleblower when he found out how they were doing dirty deals on people, killing people, setting people up. So how do you know people. this guy was a former government agent? Did he just tell you that? No, he didn't tell me that. He gave me documentations. He showed me uh, you know, stuff that, uh, you know, like when all the way back when Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas, he showed me uh, letters and stuff like that that was addressed to him. He showed me newspaper articles uh, that involved him. Uh, I saw a picture so, of him. So all you have is this guy's word. That's all you have. You don't really actually no, I have, have any real kind of, evidence. He gave me all types of newspaper clippings, a picture in a, in a uh, publication. You're telling me him. that there was a newspaper article about these uh, devices being put into people's water lines to no, allegedly no, poison them? News, there was a newspaper article where he was... Uh, he had. There was a case uh, of a guy that was uh, claimed to be have a. He wanted the guy to build a zip gun or something like that, 
and you know, like like a homemade gun, a zip gun, and yeah. then th- they said that you know that he that the the agent John Peeler entrapped him, so the case was thrown out, and there was a, art- a, a newspaper article about it. He showed it to me. But that's not an article about the 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 little lead thing that you're. Oh talking well, they're about. not going to publish an article about that. So you so you have no evidence of that, just beyond what this guy says, right? Well, that's so it's he, hearsay. So essentially, you're on the air repeating hearsay, right? Well, at the very least, I mean, you know, he, he, he's claiming that the guy that he knows that the guy is a federal agent or was. That's what he's claiming. He was a federal agent so? with the with with the ATF, and uh, he was involved. I don't um, think that makes somebody credible necessarily. I mean, somebody can be a doctor too, and that doesn't mean they're credible. I mean, you go and watch Penn and Teller's BS, and you'll see all kinds of doctors well, offering all kinds of you, quackery. If you find out that this is a you know this this little device, this little this little uranium P thirty five is it's the same thing as inducing, you know, ingesting uh, radioactive substance. I mean, you know, it would. Oh, seem it sounds that, awful. I mean, if what you're saying is true, it's certainly awful. I mean, you know, who do they even, do this even to, if Jeff? there's the slightest bit of change, which I do believe is true, because everything he's told me has been come out to be true. So, everything, Jeff, you got a question here. His, his son is in federal prison right now for framed for murder. His son was put in an Arkansas state prison. Okay, he was, they framed him for murder without a body. There was no blood, no hair, no evidence whatsoever. He got railroaded by a, a, a judge in, in, in Arkansas. So, Jeff, and, are you suggesting that they're poisoning or they're trying to uh, to, to, to make these these uh, activists sick? You're saying the people that are trying to uh, to lead activism I'm movements? I'm saying that everybody needs to check their waters, what I'm saying. Well, yeah, well who are they I'm targeting? I mean, who do you get to check this stuff? I mean, because well, I, mean, you know, I had to check the water. I had to send it to a government agency. <laughs> well, you know, I would call a private company and have them check the water. Yeah, water companies, it. purification companies, and stuff like that will come are out. They, they're checking for uranium-233? Well, I doubt that. No, it's uranium P35. It's like a radioactive substance. Okay. And, and, and this is... So they're, hold, on, hold on, Jeff. Who are they trying to target with this? Are they targeting... You're saying they're targeting activists? I'm saying that, that anyone, you know, any activist protester that they may think, you know, deem as a threat to the government, especially ones that organize... Uh, massive demonstrations and things like that. I, guys, I'm not being paranoid. Now, I'm just well, going by what a former government agent, a whistleblower, has told allegedly me. told you. Now, right. Jeff, now um, he did tell me. I met him several but times. But you're alleging that because it's hearsay. Go Jeff, ahead. Mark. I just moved into a new house and all my goldfish died. I want to know um, when <laughs> the federal agents got in. No, they did. They all died. When did the federal agents get into my house? Because I'm pretty much there all day. Um, I, I work from there. How do how do they lure me out? Uh, How do well, they know I when mean, I'm you going? Know, they can come to your door and just say, uh, you know, they're with the water department. They can go out to the water meter. They don't have to go in your house. There's no water meter. It's a well, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, it's yeah. a well. It yeah, sounds I mean, just like so much work to um, yeah, why not just take bump someone, someone out. Off. Well, bump them off or just plant some cocaine in their car or something. Well, this is a over, This is the way, you know, your, you know, your hair might start falling out. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a way that they can kill you and say, well, it's a natural cause. Cancer did it. But they don't say that, you know, then they can say, well, oh, they don't know that we induced the cancer. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Oh, no, I see where you're coming from. I'd love to hear more. I'm like, I'd love to see some uh, well, real tangible as a matter evidence, of fact, Jeff. If I recall, if I recall uh, John told me, I don't know, I can't say for certain that it's on there, but I think I remember him telling me uh, that he did an interview with Pastor Tony Alamo. Whoever. Okay? Uh, Pastor Tony Alamo with Alamo Ministries. It's, he has a website, Alamo Ministries. Now, God's is, last stand, well, the I mean, Alamo Ministries. It, it talks about his son. I don't know if this is part of that or not, but it talks about his son 
And he told me that Alamo, Tony Alamo, that they targeted him because he has a worldwide newsletter that he sends out. And he talks about the government, and they targeted Tony, too. Ian, you're next. It, Even though you have no evidence whatsoever of this, uh, it's an interesting allegation, Jeff. I you know, would love to see some real well, evidence, some hard evidence. Look on that website, Tony yeah. Alamo's website, and see former government agents. There's, I think there's I have a, a feeling there's a it's going to be a long, clips. rambling, crazy website. But it's just uh, a free web something. Yeah, something. What, what's no, the no, website? A, Go I'm ahead. talking about Alamo Ministries. What is What's the website? It's Alamo Ministries. Uh, Tony, just type in Alamo Ministries on a Google search, mm. and there's some there audio go. by John Peeler. Jeff says they're poisoning people. You can look into it and decide for yourself. Jeff, well, thanks for the call tonight, dude. With, uh, Appreciate you know, it. Hey, thanks for the call. I want those federal agents to bring me my goldfish back. Mark, it's probably just hard water. Dead. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. You know, when you introduce, fish just die, right? Uh, you want to introduce Especially them to a new when environment. You yeah, yeah, whatever. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. You, uh, by the way, Paula apparently is back on the line. So we will talk to Paula. She and knows something about this. She uh, may. Well, water we'll, we'll have to ask her about it. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got a bulletin board system where you can get interactive with a lot of our listeners. There's over 350,000 posts to surf around through. All kinds of different issues. Serious, fun. You'll find it all. It's all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI does collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. They're also the number one, the, the biggest sponsor of the show. Free Talk Live uh, had one heck of a time uh, broadcasting right now without SACL CAI helping us out. So if you know somebody who has collections issues or accounts receivable issues, talk to them about SACL CAI, please. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your calls, Paula is on the line in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk yeah, Live. Hi, uh, some legal stuff on this of this young man. I'm very, very proud of him. Anyway, it's what he needs to do. He should have already done. He should re- uh, report Sam? him to the Judicial Qualification Committee. Oh, you're talking okay? about Sam. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network with yeah. his uh, courtroom shenanigans. Yeah. Okay, now he can have him removed from his job. Okay, now anything in that court tomorrow will be considered unconstitutional, which it makes it automatically null and void. Darn, Paula, I didn't know you had any advice for Sam. Otherwise, I'd have brought you on with him. Yeah, I did. I told the young man I had some, you know, stuff for him. Well, I know he's still listening, so I'm sure he's eagerly taking notes. Now, how did you feel about that last call from Jeff, uh, where he was alleging that there was some sort of uranium poisoning being done of the activists' water supply in America? Uh... I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, as sick as these people are. So you've not government. seen anything on the fax machine about that? No. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, if, as far anyway, as I'm concerned, Paula, is, you are the arbiter of these things. If it hasn't come across your fax machine, it it, it doesn't exist. It's not real until it comes yeah. across the fax. Anyway, it's what I'm trying to do. It's I'm trying to give him some information. Okay, tomorrow. Yes, right. Back this to court Sam. is unconstitutional. That means anything that happens is no. And void. That's the law. Well, I don't know if that's going to prevent him from being thrown into a cage, though. It seems yes, like they don't care can, about their constitution. The court would be considered unconstitutional since they are not following the constitution. But of what the he state. might have to do is courts, though. Right, but he's going to end up. I mean, he may end up in a cage as a result of this, and then he'll have he to can appeal. State this. He can state sure. this. He can have you know a constitutional attorney go with him. Well, he, he's not going to do himself. that. He's not going to okay. hire an attorney. That much I know. Well, the thing is, if somebody should have helped him, should have stood up and helped him. 
But he's been doing is, a pretty good job by all by himself, actually. Yeah, he has. He has done a wonderful job. Yeah. I'm really, really proud of him. But the thing is, he needs to go in there and tell the judge to his face, since you're not following the Constitution of the state and of the federal government, that this court is unconstitutional by law. Everything you say or do will be null and void. And he can state that. There you go. Now you've got some advice from Paula. And Paula, I thank you for the call tonight. Certainly appreciate hearing from you. Well, there's some more I wanted to tell you. Oh, is there? All right, fine. Okay, okay. About, um, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but it was mm. on Alka's program today, that they're Ooh. switching over the Internet to the Internet 2. Now, a lot of you will We've probably heard about be this. Off, off the Internet, okay? They're not going to allow everybody on there. They're only going to let you go to corporate places. Mm. And the thing is, this is Sounds unconstitutional. Devious. They're trying to stop freedom of speech, which is against the law. I call my cousin Kevin Martin up there at SCC, and I'll, I'll talk to his secretary about it. Kevin this. Martin is your cousin. Yeah. I'll be damned. Martin. You're related anyway, to uh, everyone, Paul. Paula Martin? <laughs> well, anyway, the thing is, this is against the law. And matter of fact, I had an idea that everybody seems to like this idea, is that we start a private Internet other than this one. And that way they can't stop anybody. Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't claim to know enough about the actual structure of the Internet, and I, I doubt you know, Get uh, Paula. Get program. He has all the information on it, okay? Yeah, on that's today. Well, but another I've, actually, thing too, I've actually contacted those guys, and uh, they, were not, they, they didn't return my call. So. But anyway, another thing, too, about this salmonella, FDA said they don't know where the source of this is. And that's so right. You need to call. I thought it was a, a, a pepper. I thought it was a hot pepper. Now, well, they're, they're, they're warning peppers. Okay, they're not sure. They don't know where the source is coming from, but it's coming uh. from Idaho. And when those tornadoes hit over there in the Midwest, it picked this stuff up and it spread it. And matter of fact, we're talking about now of bringing some to every state. Well, you better cook your food, I guess, before you eat it. Paul, I know where the salmonella comes, comes from. Appreciate Chickens. hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine. You've got chickens in your in uh, on your property, Mark. Yeah, better look out. Don't eat them raw. That would be awful. Nice, <laughs> nice little chickens. I'm not going to eat them. Yeah, Someone's really, going to. You don't really go for the rare chicken. The, the you don't think your director of security is going to kill those chickens someday? Um, probably one or two of them yeah. relatively quickly. All right. 800-259-9231. What was Paula talking about for this, the last thing? I, I felt like I wanted to comment, but it was it just blew by. Um, the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the internet. Look, okay. Look, I am, uh, while I am kind of a, I'm definitely a geek, I like the internet and I, I like technology, I don't claim to know exactly how it all works behind the scenes. But what I do know is that the people in the world of technology are pretty liberty-minded from what I can tell from my experience and talking to other people that are deeper into the world of technology than myself. They like the idea that the Internet's a relatively free place, and they want to keep it that way. We had Michael Hampton on from HomelandStupidity.us a few Michael days ago. Michael Hampton knows how the Internet works. Right, telling us about the hacker conference that just occurred over the weekend in New York City. And I can tell you that these people, these hackers, are not going to want their freedom taken away from them. They are not going to go without a fight. And if the government tries to do what Paul is suggesting, and that is you know, force everyone onto some super-regulated uh, Internet, thing where you're not secondary internet where you're not actually allowed to visit anything outside of a specified circle of websites then those guys are going to be hacking the you know the defense computers or something in return they're going to create those alternatives she was talking about the the private internet uh, which by the way already exists there are already things that are in anonymizing services and there are actually already private uh, encrypted internets out there that people can get involved in 
So that actually does exist, but I don't know if it's uh, it hasn't been popularized or or anything like that. So it's really kind of the exclusive uh, realm of the total internet uh, geeks. But that said, the technology does exist today for that, and these guys are really, I think we can count on the internet people out there to keep the internet free, because the government can't move fast enough to to regulate the internet and to, to change things. Yeah, I agree with that. So I'm not concerned. Not one iota. The computer geeks will save us, that's what you're saying? Absolutely. I trust them. <laughs> Let's talk to Dan in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hello, Dan. Hey, and hey, what's on your mind? And tonight? Mark, and who else is there? Toby, Toby is here. How's it going? Toby, I thought so. Okay. Um, well, yesterday the subject of Abraham Lincoln was brought up. Yes. And Mark said that he basically said we should concede that the Civil War was about slavery. And uh, I about threw something that wasn't mine because <laughs> that's just that's not really uh, honest. Okay. Saying that the Saying that the Civil War was about slavery is like saying the American Revolution was about tea. It was, um, in fact, the uh, the Southern states wanted to secede for the same broad reasons that the American colonies wanted to secede from the secede from the British Crown. That was uh, tariffs that were, well, like around 33 percent, I think it was, that were first of all unconstitutional. You know, not that 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 they would have been right even if they were, but. They were literally impoverishing the southern states to the point where uh, it made slavery economically necessary. Not that that justifies slavery either. And weren't they? But, and I kind of mentioned that, but I, I really wasn't familiar enough with the situation. W- weren't they essentially tariffs that were being levied against southern business people versus in the northern? Uh, their northern counterparts were not being taxed in the same way. Yeah, that was part of it. They were protect essentially they were protecting the northern businesses at the expense of the southern ones. I know you had more points, so hang on, Dan. We're gonna bring you back. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL C A I toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the shrine of female listeners. Dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. What if a socialist became president of the United States of America? President Barack Obama? John McCain, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card? What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? Free State Project participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. By the way, Mark and myself, we are both Free State Project members. We moved here to New Hampshire as early movers for the Free State Project almost two years ago at this point. And it has been a fantastic experience, surrounded by some of the best activists uh, and just the nicest people 
that you will ever come across here in the, uh, the the Free State Project movement. In fact, we were hanging out with a bunch of Free Staters over the weekend, uh, and Toby, you came out uh, to this as well. Yes, I would be You're a Free State native. Yeah, I would be, but I'm already here. Uh, and we all went to uh, the event called Burning Porcupine, which was uh, the first one ever. It was organized not by the Free State Project, but by the mem- some of the uh, the members. Uh, of the Free State Project, some of the activists. And it was a great little event. It was bigger than I actually expected it to be. It was basically a, a camp out and a party in the, the, the woods of Grafton, which is kind of a real rural area in New Hampshire. And there were like 40 to 50 people there. Just and, when we were there. Right, and I hear that there was a, over 100 people that had been in and out throughout the, the last week. And what I liked about it is it was so unorganized, it was always cool that way. There's no centralization of organization, right. which makes you be able to, whatever kind of activism you like, you get to do it. So that's what made that event and many other events a lot of fun. You can actually see some footage from uh, this weekend's Burning Porcupine. One of the things that went on was the funeral for the Libertarian Party. Uh, it actually, it's dead. Yeah, right. Uh, the Libertarian Party is long dead at this point, uh, at least for several months it's been dead. And uh, so they finally buried it, gave it a proper funeral at uh, Burning Porcupine. And Toby, you were there on behalf of Free Minds TV, and you caught some footage of it, and you actually edited it into a nice little package, which people can go to freekeen.com, and they can see it's pretty much right there at the top of the page at this point. Yeah, so. it's humorous. And that was right after the Libertarian picnic, so there still are yeah. both <laughs> sides of the issue there. So it's Yeah, the Libertarian <laughs> Party of New Hampshire had a picnic there right before the funeral for the Libertarian Party, so interesting occasion, and it's uh, kind of a fun video, so go and see that. Let's go back to Dan in Pennsylvania calling about the Civil War, and was it about slavery? Was it about something a little bit more? And it sounded like you had some more points to make, Dan, so I wanted to make sure you had a shot, uh, shot here. Yeah, um, well, like you brought up, uh, it, it did have something to do with the unequal uh, tariffs. The, the tariffs were almost entirely directed at the South, and Lincoln actually ran on a platform of protection of home business against foreign competition. He considered the southern states to be foreign states. And he actually blockaded uh, the eastern uh, sea routes at one point before the war. Now, that was when the South decided to fire on Fort Sumner, really? which was actually on, on their property or, you know, on their, on their side of the line. Mm-hmm. Now, you said it was before the war. You said that, they, um, that he blockaded before the war, but that they decided to fire on Fort Sumter. I mean, they had seceded at that Sumter, point, right? Right. Well, basically, if I remember my history correctly, he or they had ceded Fort Sumter to the uh, to the federal uh, army at that time under the condition that Lincoln did not fortify any of the forts that were on southern property, which he promptly proceeded to do. And uh, you know, what, what would you do if you saw federal troops marching over farmland and just trampling it on their way to fortify troops? Or which were, you know, which were under agreement not to be fortified. It was an invasion of sovereign territory, hmm. and that was actually when the secession happened after the invasion. Uh, also, as you mentioned yesterday, slavery wasn't even brought up until two years into the war. So, although that did have something to do with it, and there was some political posturing about it in the period before the war, it had. It was really not a reason for the secession. I don't, I just, you know, I just don't agree. And um, the thing is, is I've looked at other, uh, besides like the libertarian exclusive type uh, um, history out there, I've looked at other stuff. Wikipedia mentions nothing about the tariffs, which I know that they, I I believe they exist. Why, of course? Because Libertarians are rife on Wikipedia. That's true, but Wikipedia is is not uh, unbiased. It's basically 
you know, anyone can edit it. And the majority of people believe what the history books have said since 19, the 1950s, by the way. Every history book before then at least had some honesty about it. There's, there, yeah, there's, there's not even a mention of um, anything it's been besides... San- it sounds like it's been sanitized. There's, not even, there's no dispute uh, icon on it. Nothing. It's probably too politically incorrect to... Okay, uh, so we can dispute yeah. Wikipedia, which we use constantly on this show. We'll just, uh, you know, say that Usually it's, it's when no we're good. talking about Wikipedia, it has to do with, uh, you know, some things that aren't as controversial. At least from what I can uh, recall. You know, everything I've looked at every on Wikipedia has had uh, has been good as well, far what do you as think both have, what, sides. What would happen if you tried to edit it and put in something about uh, the tariffs? What I do you think really, would happen? I, I don't really know enough about it to go in and edit and sound, uh, you know, uh, you know, reasonable about it. Well, they could just bump you right out, right? I mean, they could. I mean, can't you look at the the changes to the page and actually see who's tried to do what? I mean, if you really cared enough to to do that. You can do all that stuff. But if the but super majority of people there are in favor of the official government story about the Civil War... They would have to dispute it, not just kick you out, you know, um, summarily. They would have to dispute really? the facts. I don't know much about Wikipedia, so I can't really comment. I'll take your word for it, though. Dan, any thoughts? Yeah, uh, if you really want to know the truth, just look at the, the, the records of the discussion that happened in Congress, both in the South and the North, Lincoln's speeches the speeches of Jefferson Davis in the South, what the abolitionists were saying. The abolitionists were in favor of secession for the most part because they understood that federal law protected slavery and that only by decentralization could they achieve their goals. I mean, if you actually go to look at the source documents, not necessarily what Wikipedia cites entirely, but, you know, actual things that were being said by the politicians, by the secessionists, the federalists, and the uh, abolitionists at the time, it pretty much backs up the... uh, the fact that Lincoln started a, a war to keep his tariffs. And it sounds like you have actually gone and, and done those things and read those yeah, documents? because when I first heard it, I despised it, and it made me angry because Lincoln was a Republican hero, and, and you mm. know, I, I certainly was not in favor of slavery. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized that, the, that what had been said to me in government school just didn't jive. Interesting call, Dan. I appreciate you uh, dialing in tonight because it's been thought-provoking, and thank you for making it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. So your question, Mark, is why is there no dispute icon on this disputable story about slavery on Wikipedia? And maybe somebody that knows more about the internal politics of Wikipedia and how the, the whole situation there works can call and explain their hypothesis as to why no one is disputing the, you know, what is, it sounds like the official government story being paired. It, there. it sounds like it's exactly like the official government story. I mean, I, I know that they're, you know, it, it's it's certainly they can't have everything on Wikipedia, but well, and, and I know that there were taxes that were unfair to the uh, South as opposed to the um, the North. Yeah, Wikipedia does mention that um, the Lincoln did raise tariffs, but it doesn't mention how that was like, a factor, right? So, so I want to hear from you. Maybe you know more about Wikipedia than we do. Dial in at 800-259-9231. In the meantime, to the email box again from Xander. He says, I've got a burning question for the show concerning libertarianism. I am a lifelong Democrat, but I like a lot of what I hear from the libertarian movement, so I'm starting to lean towards it. I'm for whatever system is best for the country. There are just a few issues I have, and this is one of them. 
I believe deregulating businesses would be bad for the economy and public safety. There are two main examples I want to use, the mortgage crisis and disinformation by drug companies. First, with the housing market, Bush signed a law which allowed people who had no business getting home loans, and now we're suffering the results of that decision in the form of the mortgage crisis. Yes, it's their individual irresponsibility, but unfortunately, it ends up affecting us all for the worse. If we completely deregulated businesses, they would be able to make more unfair practices by burying the details in that uh, that matter in the fine print. We'll continue with Xander's email and respond and take your calls as well. Even in these remaining moments, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call. If you make it now at 800-259-9231. And, of course, you can bring up anything. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. And if you like Free Talk Live and you want to help support the show, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You get the shopping done you need to do because you've got to buy stuff to live and entertain yourself, and Amazon's got all of that. They've got 41-plus categories for you to shop in, including used items. Whatever it is you buy, if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, FreeTalkLive will get a cut. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Back to the email from Xander, who says he's a lifelong Democrat, starting to warm up to these uh, pro-liberty ideas we're talking about on the program, but he's a little concerned by two main issues. Uh, or actually, uh, the main issues, yes, uh, would be deregulating businesses. And this is one of his issues that he has. And he talks about how the uh, the housing crisis is a bad situation. He, he's concerned. He says if we completely deregulated businesses, they'd be able to make more unfair practices by burying the details that matter in the fine print. He says this is already happening with credit card companies, but these problems would be made worse. There's a fine line between buyer beware and getting and getting caught in a greedy corporation's speed trap. To maximize profits. Well, I think what we need to look at is how the government may have contributed to this. Uh, they've um, been cutting the interest rates, uh, making more money available. It's easier to lend out money. They cut the interest rates down from like five to two percent or something, making all this, putting all this money out in the economy, making bankers uh, loan out more money and. Their government is a huge part to blame for this. If we didn't have the government controlling the interest rate with the Fed, um, getting their fingers involved, I don't think we'd be in the situation we are in now. Well, I, I, I totally agree with you, Toby. And as a matter of fact, I agree to the point that you can't even discuss anything that happens in the mortgage industry without blaming the government. Um, because banks are, banks are essentially little franchises of the Federal Reserve to some extent. Um, That's true. And, and so, therefore, what banks do you, are, is completely and tacitly controlled by the government. The government is responsible for our mortgage crisis. Let's take a better example like Enron. Enron's a nasty, they're a bad, bad corporation. And they are. They, they lied on their books, they cooked the books, and they, you know, they're, they're investors, they're uh, corporate heads, you know, everybody except the people at the very, very top, um, those people benefited, everybody else got screwed. The employees, the... Um, Weren't you a stockholder? Yes, I was. Okay. Um, and yeah, I had a uh, hundred shares of uh, Enron, and you know, now I've got a worthless piece of paper. So... Shouldn't you get restitution? Well, I, I'm on some kind of lawsuit. I'll probably get a dollar fifty when oh, it's okay. all said and done a decade from now. Right after the lawyer takes his fee. Right, right. 
<laughs> you know, and this is all I had to do is sign this piece of paper, and then mm-hmm. I, you know, he gets my whatever. Um, my children, I don't know what the lawyer gets. The the uh, but the situation is with Hen- Enron is, well, you know. There wasn't a lot of due diligence done. The the, the big companies, uh, the the big uh, mutual funds out there, they didn't do their due, due diligence with uh, the Enron Corporation. And if their books weren't wide open and the clarity right there where these big companies could look in, they wouldn't invest. Believe me, they wouldn't invest. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody on the inside who can tell some lies, and you can believe that there would be some lies told, but hopefully you can get rid of the really big lies like Enron. And because of the SEC and, and all that other stuff, people assume that, uh, you know, all this all this shenanigans is being taken care of. They think that the government's taking care of this crap for mm. themselves. If the government wasn't there to... Uh, not take care of it and give people the, this false sense of security, then they would have to look for themselves. I can tell you, I did not look into Enron properly when I bought it. My broker, uh, who also invested at the same time, is a good friend of mine. Um, it's the only loss he ever had for me. He put his money in at the same time. He said, oh, this looks good. You know, He looked at the numbers and compared it to all the other stocks out there, and he's like, this looks really, really good. And it did at the time look really, really good. Yeah. And it tanked a week later. So, um, but he's saying that you need the government to help you, Mark. I don't. I don't. I, all those stocks that I made money on, I did it without the government, I swear. But, okay, what about his point about the fine print, where he's saying that he believes without government regulation, the fine print will become even finer, and there'll be more details buried in, you know, pages and pages of fine print that there people There are organizations, big banks like Merrill Lynch and, and those kind of things, and they're going to have their own fine print that's going to say, look, when I invest in your company, I'm still using the um, Enron example here because okay. using a mortgage example is in- incredibly difficult. Um, the government is the problem with mortgage, so I'm using okay. Enron. Um, Merrill Lynch is also going to have its own fine print, and Enron's going to have to have its books open that much wider. Otherwise, Merrill Lynch is going to say, look, we don't do investments yeah, but with what you. About, what about on a credit card? Let's, let's talk about the individual consumer, just the average Joe going out and getting a credit card and getting screwed over you know, by some sort of terms in the, uh, the, the fine print. He's saying that government's out there protecting people from that from happening more. He's saying it'll happen more without the government. Uh, well, the, 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 the government has things called usury laws, uh, among other things that control uh, credit card companies, which are banks. Um, they have usury laws, which say that you can't have an interest rate above 22% AP, um, you know, APR or whatever. Um, and, you know, granted, there will be definitely credit cards with higher interest rates. However, I will use none of them because I won't need to because my credit's better and some credit card company will come along and offer me a better rate because I'm a better person to have. However, the people who have the crappiest credit out there um, will have an opportunity to have a credit card. Currently, they really can't, and they still have these essentially usurous cards. You know, <laughs> I think uh, this all comes back to the education system in general. Um, we have, we're in this education system where we believe that the government's taking care of us, so we don't need to read that fine print. So it really comes back to the individual educating themselves, and no, the government isn't completely taking care of you already. Uh, you should be doing your research on your own. It's an investment. That means you can lose money. It's a credit card. That means they're going to charge you interest. You should educate yourself but the education system that we're in teaches us don't worry about it government will take care of you they have these safety uh, checks put into place where you won't get uh, screwed by any businesses because we're regulating them so it always comes back to the user in the end anyways here's here's a viewpoint that uh, might be worth to worth it to add to this discussion about the idea of contracts and how from what i understand of all legitimate contracts you have to have two parties 
both parties have to be uh, consenting to the agreement and understanding, and there has to be a meeting of the minds, and, and you know, you get, they've got to get it before they can sign the, the contract, basically. When you're entering into an agreement with a credit card company, you're entering into an agreement with a corporation, essentially, right? So um, how is it that, like, they don't actually have to sign their side of the agreement? Does that invalidate that in some way, shape, or form? I don't think so. No, if they put an agreement in front of you, uh, you know, they're... they're you it's know. presumed they've already signed, right. basically. You know, they're, they're making they're an offer, the you're signing and agreeing to Here, the offer. Here's my idea. I uh, I've, I absolutely empathize with Xander in that I don't like fine print. I don't like having to read a bunch of legal mumbo-jumbo, nope. and I'm not interested in doing that. And I would like – what I think would be interesting to see is in the absence of government, would we see – kind of competition driving away fine print because doesn't a lot of fine print exist to cya to cover the butts of these companies from various different legal aspects i mean isn't it possible that we could have less fine print in a marketplace well a lot of fine print's there to screw you um he's he's absolutely right there's a lot of fine print is there to screw you however increased competition in the area will you know, we'll we'll have people pare down their fine print. Let me give you an example uh, from our business perspective here on Free Talk Live. If you as a or if you're a radio station, you're looking at different shows to add to your radio station. You can look over at some of the under uh, some of the other syndicators, and you can look at Free Talk Live. And our agreement's one page long. It's really easy to read. Uh, versus a lot of these other you know big corporations that have all kinds of clauses and and things in their contracts that are very nasty yeah. in comparison to our agreement. So one of the things that helps Free Talk Live get on more stations is the fact that we're so flexible and we're so easygoing. And uh, so I mean. We're actually doing that yes. in our industry, so it's I think we could true. see that. In addition, what you might see happen is if there's this demand for people understanding contracts, you could have contract insurance. And I think that's a big big factor, and we don't talk about it very often in this program, of the, uh, the factor of contract insurance, where essentially you get a third party to insure the contract and ensure both parties will, you know, adhere to the terms of the agreement. Well, part of that contract insurance uh, service could be consulting with your client to make sure they understand exactly what it is they're getting into. You know, highlighting the most important terms of the contract and saying, you need to know this, and you need to know this, and you need to know this before you get into this contract. So to where people that were concerned about entering into these agreements would be able to hire somebody in to help them understand it better right and you know there's the the sort of the industry standard will define what people um can understand inside their what, what the meeting of the minds would be and what it wouldn't be if for instance on the 44th page of the of the uh, um, 89 pages of fine print they mention in there that they get your firstborn child mm-hmm. that wouldn't be part of the industry standard and wouldn't make sense in a mortgage or a credit card uh, yeah. application so any court of arbiters, when you say, look, I'm not giving up my kid. These people are nuts. It's going to say, no, 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 this is crazy. We're not going for this. So there's all kinds of different things that could happen in the free marketplace, and then it's multiple sizes to fit different wants and different needs, uh, which, of course, the government can't possibly offer because it's one size fits all. It's Vinny in here with you. And Toby. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. 
finalized the contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop, so I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.